Interesting week for Major League Baseball, especially the Cleveland Indians and the Cincinnati Reds and what you can say near a mic and what you're not supposed to say near a mic. Good evening, everyone. I'm Dave Mitchell. Glad to have you along tonight on the Ohio Baseball Weekly Show. Going to be a very interesting next half hour to 45 minutes tonight as we talk about the Cleveland Indians and the Cincinnati Reds and, of course, the the top subject is going to be Tom Brenneman, and to do that, we're going to bring in our resident Reds expert, Blake Watson. Blake, you know, lately since this COVID has been going on, and I've had a lot of time on my hands, I have been watching a lot of YouTube and watching some of these um, driving exploits that people have around the country, and I have found out one very important thing, and that is the F word is the same in every language around the world. Um, it's no different. There's no other foreign language for that word. Everybody just says it and pops out with it. And it's amazing the things that you can get away with on YouTube, but that brings us to the point of what Tom Brenneman did almost uh, a week ago. Well, it was a few days a week ago, about what, about seven or eight days ago, now that this happened in the, the game uh in the broadcast that he had going on. And it's just one of those things, Blake, that when you get near a mic, you just shouldn't say things like that. Well, you shouldn't say things like that no sure. matter where you're at. Um, and I think that was my argument after it happened is, um, you know, I, I've anybody who's been around a microphone enough has always had something broadcast that they didn't want broadcast, right? Yes. Um, anyone who's done PA announcing or, you know, play-by-play, color, you've always had something go out that you didn't want or expect to go out. The problem for me is, you know, and I don't know Tom Brenneman, never met the man, um, but what you say and or – how you speak when no one else is watching or listening is indicative of your personality. It's indicative of who you really are. What you say when the cameras are on, anybody can be right when the cameras are on. Um, it, it's a problem to be, you know, to be that way when the cameras are off because that's, that's indicative of a bigger problem of who you are and how you behave in your private life. And that's not okay, um, regardless of your thoughts on cancel culture, which I have strong ones, doesn't matter. You cannot say those things. You cannot broadcast those things, especially when you're the, the biggest mouthpiece now, now that his dad retired. He is the biggest name in Reds broadcasting. Um, and, you know, when you're speaking for a multi-hundred million dollar, um, you know, corporation, organization, however you want to word that, uh, you, you just can't do it. It just cannot happen. Um, there's a lot of questions it brings up for me, you know, with, with, with what's going on with COVID. These broadcasters are broadcasting from a studio that's hundreds of miles away from the game. Their producers aren't producing what they're broadcasting. They are waiting for camera angles from the home team's broadcast. Um, they really don't have any control over when and where the cameras cut, don't cut. Uh, they just kind of, a lot of it is guesswork. And if this was a, you know, a Reds, old, Reds full broadcast, it would have never happened. 
but that does not excuse the behavior. It just doesn't. Right. It's not okay. You can't say things like that. You really shouldn't think things like that. But, you know, I'm also a believer. If I don't tell people what to think, you can think what you want. But um, it's, it's just it's just not an okay way to see the world nowadays, and you can't say those things. You just can't do it. Right. Now, for those of you who don't know what Tom Brenneman said, let's just take a moment and listen. This was in between games in the doubleheader against Kansas City last week, and he was getting himself prepared to go on the air for the pregame show for the second game of the doubleheader. So this was between games, and let's listen to what he had to say. The fag capitals of the world. Now, saying that, it took him basically, Blake, until the fourth inning of the second game against Kansas City and a lot of pressure from social media. As a matter of fact, I was... I was uh, doing a, a personal item that night, and you were texting me about what was said and what was done, and I was shocked by the amount when I went on Twitter and saw what everybody was saying, and it was really a surprise that, boy, it didn't take very long for this thing to go viral. Yeah, and I think part of the reason it took so long to figure it out is because the broadcast that he said that on was not on Red's TV. It was not on Kansas City TV. It was only on the MLB.TV app, um, which not a lot of people actually watch, especially Cincinnati Reds fans. We typically watch Fox Sports Ohio. Um, and if you were watching the Fox Sports Ohio broadcast, you would not have heard that that, right. that line. Um, so the only way people heard about it realistically was social media. I watched every inning of both of those games, and I didn't hear it until I read it online. Um and I, as soon as I heard it, you know, I posted, I can't believe they haven't pulled him off the air yet. And, you know, sometimes people are slow to react to social media and, and they didn't, I mean, they had the built in way to cover it. Jim Day was in the studio, so it was easy to cover it. I was just really surprised how long it took them to pull him off the air. Yeah, it really did. And then in the fourth inning, it was the top of the fourth inning and Brenneman came on the air. They had him on camera and he issued this apology. Castellanos to lead things off. Jim Day's going to be taking us the rest of the way through this game. As Holland takes over on the mound. Um, I made a comment earlier tonight that uh, I guess uh, went out over the year that I am deeply ashamed of. Um, if I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart, I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. I don't know if it's going to be for the Reds. I don't know if it's going to be for my bosses at Fox. I want to apologize for the people who signed my paycheck for the Reds, for Fox Sports Ohio for the people I work with, for anybody that I've offended here tonight. I can't begin to tell you how deeply sorry I am. That is not who I am uh, and never has been. And I'd like to think maybe I could have some people that uh, that could back that up. I am very, very sorry, and I beg for your forgiveness. And even the apology, after you listen to it, Blake, um, a lot of people were complaining about the apology, and, and I've got to be one of those that, 
again, I've never met Tom Brenneman either. I've never been a big fan of his. Um, I was a fan of Marty. I wasn't a big fan of Tom Brenneman. I'm going to preface my comments by saying that. But when you listen to the apology, he said, that's just not me. Well, Blake, you and I both know in the thousands of people that we have met in our lifetime, people just don't say things like that if it's not them. You don't even make a joke about something like that if it's not ingrained in you. Without a doubt. That's why, you know, before I said the things that people say in private are more indicative of who they actually are than the things they say over the radio or TV. Um, it's just that that's when you're acting the most natural and real. It's you're not, he, he wasn't put, putting on a show like he does when he's broadcasting a game. I agree. I'm not a Tom Brenneman fan as a broadcaster. Now again, the guy might be the greatest human being in the world and we don't know that. Um, and I don't think he is based on a lot of this stuff, but he, he, he messed up, man. And it is what it is. To me, the apology was hollow. Um, it was something he had to do. He didn't have a choice. There was no way around doing that apology. Right. Um, hopes to save his job. Um, but even then, you could tell the way he spoke during the apologies. He, I think he said something along the lines of, um, I don't know if I'll ever put this headset on again. And I'm like, well, that shouldn't be your concern right now. Right. Your concern should be what you said and how to rectify the terrible lapse in judgment you showed. And it's not really a lapse in judgment because it's not like he knew what was going out, but it's just, it's a terrible character flaw that you, that you've shown. I would be shocked if Tom Brenneman broadcast another game for Cincinnati Reds in 2020. Um, and I don't think he should. Uh, you know, and, and that brings that brings me to a question that I was going to ask you after I after I went into an explanation about something. But let me just go ahead and jump the gun and ask you: Do you ever think that he will ever don the announcer's chair again as a Cincinnati Reds announcer? I don't know how to answer that. Um, because while I think he definitely deserves to pay a penance, without a doubt. I am also a strong believer in one mistake does not ruin someone's ability to uh, pursue their livelihood. Um, I, I said the same thing about Joe Mixon when he was coming out, and that, not just because the Bengals drafted him, because, you know, the kid made a horrifying mistake when he was in college. And I say kid, but he was an adult. He was a man. And he made a horrifying mistake. Who hasn't made a horrifying mistake at 21, 22 years old? Right. Um and, and in reality, Tom is obviously not a young man, but we everyone makes mistakes every single day. His just happened to be broadcast for the entire world to see in a time frame where everything you say is recorded on, for YouTube uses. Um, people, you know, post it on social media and it lives forever. And, and I just don't believe in, you know, one per like one mistake defining who you are as a person. Um, defining who you are as what your career is. Um, now that being said, he, he should pay a penance. If I were the Cincinnati Reds, I probably would never have Tom Brenneman do another game for me, but I think he should get a shot somewhere. I really do. Whether that's, you know, you go to the minors and work your way back up and prove that you've done things right. Um, since then, uh, I just believe people deserve a second opportunity. That's just how I feel about life. 
Blake, I, I shared with you the night that this happened how I got my first radio job. And yeah. it was it it's a funny yet sad situation that I got the job uh at a radio station in Bryan, Ohio, and I was I, gosh, I was seventeen or eighteen years old at the time. I was out of high school. I was in my first year at the University of Toledo. And I had actually gone over a couple of weeks prior to that and put in my application because a couple of basketball coaches told me I'd better. And I did. And the general manager at the time said, well, thank you, but no thank you. But he kept my tape and he kept my number. And to my benefit, it was great because the announcer that they had at the time was doing a girls basketball game. I'm not going to tell you what he said. I did you, Blake, but... He made a comment about one of the girls on the floor, and the very next morning at 9.30 in the morning, I had a phone call from the general manager of that radio station asking me if I could do the ball game that night on the radio, and they had just fired that announcer. Now, I don't remember the announcer's name. I'm going to be honest with you, I don't, and I don't know whatever happened to him, whether he got another shot someplace else. I don't know, but that is how I got my job, my start in radio. And the fact is, is that the thing I'm trying to get at is the one thing that it made me understand more than anything in this world is that when you are near a microphone, it doesn't matter if it is on or off. It doesn't matter. Don't say anything that you don't want going over the air, especially when I was know how it used to run, but there used to be a time back in the 80s when I first started in radio that you literally did the games by phone. You had a mixer and it went to into a phone, down the phone line to the radio station, and you would, you would brought When I'm looking at it and I'm saying to myself, Okay, am I on the air or am I off the air? I don't know. I'm not saying anything, a swear word, something bad or anything, into that microphone until I know everything is shut down. And that's something that I learned right away. Um, and that's, I mean, that's kind of the, the, the prerequisite of being a broadcaster. For Tom Brenneman, who's been doing the Reds games since 2006, Blake, for him to make that kind of a mistake it's it's almost insane. Without a doubt, I mean he does. You know the the big game, some of the biggest games for Fox Sports for NFL. Um, he did Arizona Diamondbacks baseball before he came back to Cincinnati. I mean he's been broadcasting his whole life. And he's been around it his whole life. Um, it's just it's I've had a, a hot mic situation on my own. I'm not going to go into details. I was doing the public address announcing at a baseball game um, at a college here in Cincinnati, um, not not for the mount, but and I had a hot mic situation, and I said something over the, the mic that shouldn't have been said. Now, it was not directed towards the mic. The mic just happened to still be on. Um, but it's a similar situation where something I said that I didn't want to get out got out, and it was not nearly as bad as Tom Brenneman or anything along those lines. There was nothing hate, hateful about it. Um but the feeling you get when you notice something like that happen oh. is absolute emptiness inside. Like you just feel because it's it's done. It's over. There's nothing you can do to to take it back. Um, 
and you can't control what happens afterwards. You sit and wait and hope that nobody says anything. And luckily for me, no one heard what I said, but I, I know that the microphone was on when I said it. Um, and again, I'm going to say this again. There was nothing foul. There was just a, a, a word that is borderline that I said to someone sitting next to me. And it was again, nothing like what Tom said, nothing hateful towards any groups yeah. or anything like that. But, um, yeah, it was, it was not good and it's a terrible feeling. Um, but especially for someone that's been around as long as he has, it's, you know, a professional, it should not happen. No, it absolutely shouldn't happen. But again, I, I keep, we keep talking about, you know, it shouldn't have got out and he shouldn't have set done it. That, that, to me, that doesn't fix it because it's still how he feels and how he thinks about whatever city he was talking about. We can all guess about what cities we think he might have been talking about. But, you know, he, you know, that's just an, I don't know. It's, it's a, it underlies who he is, what his character is. And to me, that's just not okay. Um, Blake, to, it's just not. to me, the apology rang hollow. Did it to you too? Absolutely. Without a doubt. Um, I mean, you know, and it, it was kind of a running joke about you and I were talking before we got an air about Castellanos hitting the home run during his apology. I mean, it, it was bad luck and bad timing. You know, how are you not going to call a home run? But the fact that his attention wasn't fully to the apology and he was still paying attention to what goes on in the field. Um, I don't know. It just seemed like he just didn't get it and didn't understand yeah. how bad what he had done is. I was more taken aback, Blake, by the fact that he apologized, first of all, to the people who writes his paychecks. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yep. I, I thought that was like, really? You're not going to apologize to the group of people you offended? That's, that's, the paycheck doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I, I didn't really think of it that way, but I completely agree with you. It, it was just a strange situation the way he did it. Now, I'm going to correlate this with something else because <laughs> you almost have to. You know, this is the same organization, Blake, that Pete Rose was affiliated with for decades and still is. And he was banned for life from the game of baseball for gambling. To me, I find this, what Tom Brenneman did, more atrocious. Yet... You know, the fans of Cincinnati will scream that Pete should, the, the lifetime ban should be taken away, and he should be allowed to go into the Hall of Fame. Yet there are those out there that say Tom Brenneman should never be allowed behind the microphone. I want to hear or see Tom Brenneman do something that is more, not so much more of an apology, but an act of contrition before I like the before I would like to see the Reds bring him back as an announcer. Without a doubt. But I, I, I sometimes think those acts of contrition are so fake that they're faker than the apology. Um because they feel like they have to do it so they do it. Um you know, you feel like he has to reach out to the gay community to make amends when mm, they that's not what it's about, right? Like they don't want to make amends with you. You're, in their eyes, you said something that is not forgivable. Um, and it's, I don't know, it, it feels like it's forced instead of genuine. 
I think that's what Tom needs to figure out a way to do is find some way to genuinely make amends for what he did. Um, and that's really hard to do because no matter what he does, some people are going to think it's just to try to get his job back. Yeah. And, and whether it is or not, he's got to make people believe that he, that's not what it's about. And that's going to be really difficult for him. It's going to be extremely difficult. And, and the thing about it is, Blake, it trickles down. And the last point I want to bring up about this entire situation is the Reds players were not happy about it either. Once it got down to the dugout and in that clubhouse, there were a lot of people that came out, including Amir Garrett was one of them that really spoke up against Brenneman. He's going to have a tough time going back into that locker room. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And I think he's going to have a tough time going into any locker room for a while Yeah, and getting support from players because, you know, these players nowadays are using their platform to try to affect change. Um, regardless of your thoughts on that and whether or not, you know, LeBron should be talking about LGBTQ rights, it doesn't matter what your thoughts are on it. That's what's happening. Um, and, you know, you can't do it. And Amir Garrett is one of those guys that's definitely banging that drum of, of social justice and, you know, equality and good for him. And he's not going to just allow Tom to skate by and act like nothing ever happened. And again, I, good for him. He, he, you know, he has beliefs and he feels strongly about something and he should stand for those beliefs without a doubt. Um, just like you should, just like I should, regardless of what your beliefs are, you should be able to be, um, con- convinced enough in your own beliefs to stand up for them. And Amir Garrett and other Reds players absolutely are. Um, and I think re- in reality, outside of, you know, the greater community, that's going to be the biggest problem for the Reds because they bring Tom Brenneman back. They could alienate their locker room. And what's more important, a broadcaster with the last name Brenneman being in your booth or having Amir Garrett to throw the eighth inning? And I'm going to be honest, it's, it's, <laughs> Tom is not Marty. Um, you know, Marty's old saying was, I was here long before you got here and I'll be long, be here long after you're gone. Those days are over. Um, you know, some of the antics that Marty did in the 70s and 80s wouldn't fly today. No, they wouldn't. Um, no. And that's like you brought up Pete and, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. We're from the Pete. That's a different time in our, in our country, right? It was, you could do, you got away with a whole lot more back then than you do now. Um, again, right, wrong, or indifferent. That's just the way it was. And it's not that way anymore. And Tom is not going to get away with this without a doubt. No, and I would be surprised, Blake, if he is doing anybody in 2021. I just would be shocked if he is. I would, too, unless it's some low-level um, minor league stuff just to kind of, you know, build build back up that way. That would be the only thing I could see. I do not see him getting a big league job next year. I'm really surprised he hasn't been officially fired from Fox Sports altogether. Um, especially, you know, for their football games. Um, no, they just took him off the broadcast, though. You did see that, right? Yeah, I know they yeah. took him off the broadcast. They haven't let him go no. yet, which it, that is surprising to me. It was funny because I said the same thing to my son the day after this happened. I said, I'm anxious to see what Fox Sports is going to do because he's been their number two TV announcer for several years on football. Yeah, it's Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are team one, and, Tom and whoever team two. Yep. Um, yeah, that's and that's. I, I'm surprised they haven't actually canned him. 
Um, especially from national broadcasts like that. You know, the Reds broadcasts are a big deal in Cincinnati, but it's a, it's a regional broadcast. It's a, it's a lot different than a nationally televised 430 AFC game between the, or NFC game between the Cowboys and 49ers that, you know, millions of people are watching. It's a, it's a different ball game, so I'm surprised that hasn't that hasn't officially happened. I, I agree. Let's let's move on right now. And another story out of Cleveland that is really starting to take shape is uh, Terry Francona. Um, Francona a couple of weeks ago missed the Minnesota series up in Minnesota with a gastrointestinal, and it, it really turned out something more serious than a lot of people thought it was going to be, and including me, and he ended up missing the entire weekend series this past weekend against Detroit. He underwent a, 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 a some sort of a uh, procedure that they didn't really come out and talk about on Friday at the Cleveland Clinic, and as I said, he missed the entire series against Detroit. Sandy Alomar Jr., though, has been doing an outstanding job, even though they did lose two out of three to the Detroit Tigers. Uh, they're a game and a half right now behind Minnesota, and Minnesota's coming to town tonight. Over the last ten games, though, the Indians have been playing well. They're seven and three. They're a game and a half, as I said, behind Minnesota with a 17 and 11 record. The Reds, though, are 11 and 15, five and a half games behind the Cubs. They've lost six of their and they got Milwaukee uh, over in the next four nights up in Wisconsin, and then they come home for a four-game set doubleheader on Saturday against the Chicago Cubs. But this Terry Francona situation, Blake, it, it's almost got me thinking that this might be the end of the line for him. I'm, I know he's had some health problems throughout the last couple of years, but this this might be just the pre precursor to him maybe stepping down at the end of the year. Yeah, that's kind of a, a difficult thing to even begin to predict because who knows how bad it really is because they're not really talking about it much. I'm mean, gonna they're listing it as a gastrointestinal um procedure. They're not even calling it surgery. Um so who knows what it actually is you know, I had a gastrointestinal procedure a couple months ago and it was nothing. Um but I you know, I was on the verge of having one that would have had me out for eight to ten weeks. Mm-hmm. Um have a piece of my colon cut out and you know, it could be a, a, deg- a varying degrees of severity. Um, but you know, they're lucky because they have that built in safety net. Sandy Alomar Jr. has done a fantastic job. I know a lot of people in Cincinnati are clamoring for David Bell to get fired. <laughs> um, and the Reds just don't have, uh, Freddie Benavides is a good coach, but I don't think he can manage a baseball team right now. Um, I just, I, you know, they don't have that guy built in that could take over the team and kind of lead it in a new direction. You know, he, he's, they don't have that former player bench coach that everybody, like if Barry Larkin was the Reds bench coach, David Bell would probably be gone right now because people love Barry Larkin. Um, so I don't, I, I, I think you could be right, absolutely. And again, it might be a position where at the end of the year, if, if he misses a ton of time, um, the Indians look at Tito and say, hey, man, well, thank you for everything, but it's time to give Sandy a shot. Um, so we would love it if you would retire. We don't want to let you go. We don't want to fire you. We don't, you know what I mean? But it, it, it'd be, it's the best time for both parties to, to cut bait and let's move on and let Sandy manage his team into the what is likely going to be 
a bit of a rebuild once they they lose these players on or you lose Lindor and I mean although they've got the pitching to continue to to compete for a while but they would have to add some offensive pump at some point probably um I think I think you might see something like that where it's like a mutual separation kind of thing at the end of the year yeah, I mean, what they would do is probably move him into the front office for a year or two and, you know, be a special advisor to Chris Antonetti and, and things like that. I, he's already missed 14 games due to health issues, and he's had numerous surgeries over the past year for this condition. I don't want to see Francona go, um, but they do have somebody that is ready to step into the wings. Let me ask you a question, Blake. If Barry Larkin was there, obviously I think he would probably take the job. But with this team, there's there's just it's missing that it factor. I think losing Moustakis early in the year was the reason. Um, I think he is their it factor, and he's struggling tremendously at the plate. Um, but he is, without a doubt, if you listen to anybody that covers Reds even remotely closely, uh, Moustakis is their unquestioned leader. Um, which is surprising for a guy who's, you know, played 15 games in a Reds uniform. Um, if he's even played that many at this point, I don't think he has. I think he missed too many to play 15. Um, and you, you watch opening day and they had it. They absolutely had it. But I think the, the issues with the bullpen is really weighing on this team. I think they are playing so many close teams and know that they have to find a way to score more runs. Because the bullpen's been dog shit. I mean, there's no other way to put that word. They have been historically bad. The, I mean, they walk guys on straight pitches more than anybody I've ever seen. It is so frustrating to watch a game for the Reds that's not pitched by Gray or Bauer right now because we got to see the bullpen. And nobody down there outside of Amir Garrett has been really good. Lorenzen's starting to turn it around a little bit. Um, although I think he got touched up yesterday. Um, Iglesias, it's time to cut bait and send that kid packing. Um, just, just pay him what you owe him and cut him because he can't get anyone out right now. Um, they need to get Robert Stevenson healthy, but I think that bullpen woes is what's kind of driving this, you know, the Reds just never are comfortable or confident that they can win baseball games unless Trevor Bauer or Sonny Gray is starting. Because they feel like those guys can theoretically go the distance and win the game for them. Um, well, that I, that being said, Blake, I mean, right now they're in fourth place. Uh, they're t- they're in third place. Okay, they're tied with the Milwaukee Brewers. But each team is eleven and fifteen, but they're five and a half games behind the Cubs at seventeen and ten. The trade deadline is coming up a week from today. It'll be at four o'clock in the afternoon on August thirty first. Do you see the Reds right now as buyers or sellers? It's so hard, man, because I really think they're close. Um, and I don't know where you get better, though, is the real question. I don't know what player out there makes the Reds better other than bullpen help. Yeah. Um, you're, if you can find a starter to take that fifth spot from Miley or Tyler Malley, I'm okay with that. Um, I, but I, offense, I've got offensively, name, I just don't know. Uh, I've got to look it up here real quick. But um, I, I've got a name for you. And I am going to give it to you here in a second because for some reason it's slipping off of my tongue and I can't think of what, who it is. But there is one reliever that has been so good throughout the years and had 
an injury to his elbow, and for the last 20 or two years, here it is, Trevor Rosenthal from Kansas City. Boy, has he made a comeback, and if you could get him out of Kansas City, he's a 30-year-old right-hander, of course, you remember him with St. Louis, and, you know, he had an arm injury, but he's really been pitching well this year for Kansas City. If you could pry him away for something, um, you might have something there. Without a doubt, and I'm... I'm actually okay with the Reds selling too, which is terrible. I don't know. It's so, they're in such a weird spot. So they either need to go all in or trade Bauer. Um, and, and I don't want to trade Bauer, but they might have to. And that's being talked about, isn't it? I, I don't know that it's being talked about, but I think it's out there. I don't know that they're actively talking about trading Trevor Bauer. I think if somebody knocks their socks off, they'll do it. Um, but I don't know that that I don't know that that offers out there for anybody this year. I don't know if you were going to trade Mike Trout this year in a contract year, he would get what he would theoretically get in a normal year. Because what are you getting? Twenty games and a postseason run if it's a last year player. Now, if it's a Lindor situation, which the Indians are not moving him because they're in contention, um, it's uh, this the final bit of this year and next year, right? Um, so, but if the Reds are going to sell, they could sell more than just Bauer. You could sell Castellanos too, because he is in. I mean, uh, he signed a four-year deal with opt-outs at the end of every year. And if the Reds aren't going to be competitive, he's going to opt out. Um, especially if he continues to hit at a pretty high level, which he's struggling a little bit right now. But he's still two sixty with you know nine or ten home runs in twenty games. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, he's been one of the, you know, 15 or 20 best offensive players in baseball so far this year. Um, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's an, the be, in reality, the best place for the Reds to get better offensively is first base. Um, I love Joey Votto. He's my, one of my all time favorite Reds, but that's probably the easiest spot for them to get better offensively. And that option might be in house. Matt Davidson should probably be playing more. Every time this guy plays, he hits. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I think you, another thing you might see out of the Reds is you might see the the uh, young shortstop Jose Garcia come up soon. Because um, uh, he he was all but ready in spring training. They say he looks great at Prasco Park. Because um, Galvis has been fine, but you're not sending Winker is on. Unconscious right now. Right, you're not you're not getting rid of Akiyama. You're paying him too much money. Um, Castellanos isn't going anywhere. So your outfield's basically set, especially when Senzel comes back. Suarez, I don't care how bad he struggles, isn't going anywhere. No. Um, Mustakis isn't going anywhere. Votto isn't going anywhere. In the catching scenario, while Barnhart and Casale aren't great, I don't think you're going to get better in the trade market. No. Um, and so that leaves one spot. Right, that leaves either the bench or shortstop. Um, so I don't know, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what it is, but that, that, that's really the only spot you can get better is whether it's DH, shortstop, or on the bench. Um, without moving a big piece that I don't think they're going to move. Well, let me let me ask you this question: Do you think you could pry? Corey Seager or the minor league, and I can't remember his name right now, their minor league shortstop that they did not want to give up uh, for Lindor from one or the other from the Dodgers for Brower. Yeah, but I don't think you, unless it's the really young guy, unless it's Gavin Lux, 
Yeah, um, Lux is who I was thinking of. If it's Gavin Lux, I think you do it. Um, but do the Dodgers. I would, yeah, I don't think that I would necessarily trade Bauer for Seager. Um, I just, I don't know what, I don't know what Seager's contract is off the top of my head. Um, he would have to have some controllable time left. Right. Um, I, I like looking, that kid. I like that kid, but I like Lux too, and that's why. But, well, and I, I would be more apt if, if I'm going to trade Trevor Bauer, um, I want a proven big league player. I don't want a, you know, a, uh, a minor leaguer that may or may not turn out. Right. I hate getting getting prospects for proven commodities. It drives me bananas. Um, well, so I don't know what you would do there, but here I, I would definitely be interested. Here's the other thing too, as far as the Indians are concerned, I think they're going to be buyers, not sellers. But I'll tell you one thing: Mike Clevenger, I think, is on the trading block. I think they're more upset over this COVID thing in Chicago with Clevenger than they are with Zach Plezak. And because Clevenger pretty much tried to cover it up. And it really took its toll, not only on the team. I mean, to the point where the team eventually had to send Plezak and Clevenger down to the minor league camp for a little while. But I think everybody's more upset at Clevenger. And you could get a power-hitting outfielder out of somebody, um, depending upon who it is, especially for Mike Clevenger, because he's one he's one of the pitchers that people really would like to have on their rotation. What do you think about Clevenger for Cassianos? Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. I'd do it. I, I would, would too it. if I were an Indian. Yeah, I would do it. And here's the thing. Here here's the big thing. If you do that trade, you know, I didn't even think about this till you brought it up. If you make that trade, if you're the Reds, you've got a better chance of keeping Bauer on your team. I think he'd take a discount because he and Clevenger are such good friends. I don't think Trevor Bauer's taking a discount for anybody. I don't know. He's a strange dude, and, you know, to be able to play with guys that he really enjoys, I think he'd do it. I think you could be right, but I don't think that kid's taking a uh, (laughs) discount to play with anybody. He's something else. I agree, and that's his buddy. But he does all this stuff, clowning out Scott Boris online. And, you know, he just wants to prove that he can do it his way and get paid. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, And Bauer is one of the players that I think would negotiate his own deal. Without a doubt. His agent's one of his friends. Yeah. Yeah. They're just friends, and she happens to be an attorney. <laughs> Blake, it's surprising to say, but the best team in baseball right now is the Oakland A's. It's crazy, isn't it? I, how does this team do it? Consistently. Every year. Every year, yeah. With dudes you have no idea who they are. Yeah. I mean, I mean can other you, than Matt Chapman, can you name four people in that roster? No. Absolutely not. Either. Yeah. And I've watched them play, and you're sitting there. Every time somebody comes up to the plate, you're like, who? And then he hits. Yeah. I mean, right now they're four and a half games above the Astros. The A's are 20 and 9. The Astros are 15 and 13. The team that was really supposed to be good in that division is the Angels, and they're in last place 11 games back. It's funny that you bring up the Astros 
Because if the Reds do become sellers, that's like the most enticing landing spot for Trevor Bauer. And he's not going there. He won't show up. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, now that I think about it, you're you're probably right. And Arizona, he would not go to Arizona either. That's, yeah, that's, could, yeah, he would not go there. Yeah, either. you're you're right. Yeah, I, I really think the 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 most. I don't know if the Reds would would trade him to the Dodgers, but I think the there are two destinations that I think would be perfect for Trevor Bauer, and one of them is the Dodgers. And the other one is the Phillies. Yeah, I don't know what the Phillies would have to give up. Um, and now that you talk about Seager, he's under team control for 21, but he's an unrestricted free agent in 22. So I'm not sure if I'd do that for the Reds. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Yeah. Hey, did you see where our old friend Brandon Phillips has been lately? <laughs> Playing independent ball. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It's nuts, man. I mean, he's down in Florence. I know, I love it. Playing for the freedom. It almost makes me want to go buy some tickets and go down there and watch him play. Yeah, hey, you can, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how they're doing uh, as far as attendance is concerned down there. Have I you... haven't heard. Yeah. I, I haven't heard anything either. Well, before we leave, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do the Reds make a trade by next Monday? Yes. Okay. I think the Indians make a deal, too. I and think the Reds add. You think they add? Yeah, I think they buy. I don't think so. You think they buy a reliever? Uh, I think they buy a reliever and something else, yeah. whether yeah. it's a bench player or a shortstop. I'm going to say Mike Clevenger will still be a member of the Indians when next Tuesday hits. You know who else would be a good trade partner for Trevor Bauer? Will be Cleveland. <laughs> um, I don't know what the Indians would give up for him. Oh, I know, but how funny would that be? Oh, it'd be it'd be hilarious. But here, I mean, I'm just I'm thinking about it. it I would, you know what? I'd make that deal, the Castellanos for Clevenger deal, in a second. I, I think it's a good deal both ends. I do, too. Um, I think that, you know, Clevenger would slot in with Estes and Gray going forward. Um, yep. And, yep. you know, the Reds have guys that can play outfield. Now, they're not Nick Cassianos, but they can play outfield. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I might even I, – I, I, would, I would ask for Castellanos, but I would settle for Senzel and somebody else. Um, but if they give me, I could Cast- see a Senzel Jonathan India package. Yeah, I could see something like that for Clevenger, um, and and he's a bulldog too. He's just he's just like Bauer. You get those two in that that locker room, and I'm telling you, Blake, that might put you guys over the top because those two are they are competitive. They they compete against each other. When they were with the Indians and they were pitching on back to back days, they were trying to outdo each other. That's and that's one of the reasons I don't want to move Senzel, because he is a competitor, but he's got to stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's the big thing about him. Well, that's going to do it. We'll see what happens over the weekend and into next Monday. Okay. 
Sounds good, buddy. All right. Thanks a lot, Blake. That's going to do it for tonight's program. Thank you for joining us here tonight on the Ohio Baseball Weekly Show. Glad to have you along here this evening. And be sure to join us again next Monday night for the trade deadline here on UltimateSportsTalk.com. For Blake Watson, I'm Dave Mitchell. Have a good night, everybody.